This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for February 25th, 2024. The title of the message is Fellow Workers with God. Well, if you would open your Bibles with me to the third letter of John. The third letter of John, it's, uh, you can work backwards from Revelation. It's one of the shorter uh, letters of the, um, of the New Testament. So there's working backward from Revelation, be Jude, and then third letter. We'll be reading from verses 5 through 8. Um, just to give you a little bit of context, I uh, had the privilege of installing, uh, giving the installation message for the Reverend Jerry Farnick as an evangelist of, of our presbytery. It was uh, I don't know if I shared this with you, but we had him via Zoom in our sanctuary, and so he was you see this big t- you know screen, and you see his big face uh, right there. And and the audio was was kind of a two way audio, so he was able to to hear and see our service, and we were able to hear and see him, and so we installed him as if he were here. And I, because it was also translated into the Czech language, uh, I had to cut everything in half, and I felt like there was a lot that I had to cut out, and uh, maybe that was for the better. But at the same time, I also wanted to to preach this message because I think it's important. Uh, one of the, the telltale signs of a healthy and gospel-centered, missions-minded church is the sending of missionaries, the supporting of missionaries. And that's what this passage is about. So if you turn with me to uh, the third letter of John, verses 5 through 8. Paul, uh, John is writing to Gaius, a dear friend, and John commends them and encourages uh, the Gaius and, and the church that he's writing to, encourages them in their support of his brother missionaries uh, here, his fellow missionaries in the work of, of the gospel, and uh, which is preserved for our instruction. And so here John teaches us how to faithfully send and support our missionaries as they do the work of spreading the gospel. Here then now, the reading of God's word, beginning in verse 5. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers. Strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. May he add his blessing to it this evening. Uh, We don't uh, usually think of John's third letter as a missionary text, but it's shot through with the theology and practice of missions, uh, particularly in a local church context. 
And John is writing to Gaius, a faithful Christian man, who is also uh, represents uh, the faithfulness of a local church and what a local church ought to do and ought to 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 how they ought to support the sending and support of missionaries. So here the apostle teaches us as a church how to faithfully support our missionaries as co-laborers in the spread of the gospel. So let me give you three ways that John commends the support uh, of the sending and the support of missionaries through the local church. First, we must faithfully support our missionaries through tangible acts of faithfulness. Look at what John says to Gaius in verse 5. He says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing. It is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. Now, John goes out of his way to commend him for what he's doing and not for some vague hope or desire to be faithful. You know, I don't know if uh, if this if you've ever experienced this, but you know, when you know that somebody needs something, but you don't quite know what they need, and so you kind of say to them, you know, as a force of habit, you know, if you need anything, just let me know, uh, and I'll be praying for you. And prayer is is a tangible thing, and it's important, but sometimes people need something more tangible, like when you're sick, uh, giving them chicken soup, providing meals. And that's one of the things I love about when uh, when members of our church you know, are recovering from surgery or they have children, uh, a newborn. And we don't say, oh, you know, we're so glad. We hope you're doing better. We do something real. We buy them diapers. We, you know, bring over food. We give, send them cards, and we love on them. And the same goes for what it means to be faithful in sending our missionaries. We send them uh, to real places with real money, with real resources, and not with vague, oh, I hope, I hope you could do really well in Japan. Bye. <laughs> you know, we're sending you off. Um, to really send off missionaries, we support them with money, with prayer. Um, what I also love about our VBS, for example, is we we hear from our missionaries and we raise money. <laughs> and it's so cute to see those little children, you know, pulling out like just quarters and pennies from their pockets. Every single pocket they've got, and they're just like here, 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 here. And that's what Paul. I'm sorry, that's what John is commending Gaius for, that uh, faithfully supporting missionaries takes work and energy and effort. It, it has to cost us something, right? Our time, our talent, our treasure. Faithfulness is not just a gesture. It's not just a wish, wishful thinking but an ongoing series of acts that show we are faithful in love, support, and service. It means not forgetting them in our prayers, our affections, our wallets, and in our fellowship and our friendship. Uh, here's, here's, here's one thing that I think will put a capstone to, to this idea that when God faithfully supports us, 
right? He provides all that are, all that we need, right? So uh, God is calling us to do the same for the missionaries whom we send. And ultimately, these acts of faithfulness are acts of love, right? John tells Gaius how these missionaries testified to your love before the church. See, as, they're, as, as they have been supported tangibly, they have been loved tangibly, and now they're going out, uh, continuing to fundraise, for example, continuing to give reports of what they are doing as missionaries, and they are testifying uh, to those other churches of Gaius and the church that, that, um, that are supporting them, how much they are loved by them. See, faithfulness and support is an act of love. We do it because we love them. And so these two ideas are at the heart of the whole gospel, isn't it? Right? Isn't this what Jesus did for us? It was a faithful thing that he did in all his efforts for us so we can testify to his love for us. If Jesus' faithfulness testifies to his love for us, then we must let our acts of faithfulness testify to our love for missionaries. One way we do this, another way we do this, is sending short-term helpers to places like the Czech Republic, uh, or Haiti in the past, or Mexico. I know one of the most formative things in the life of Christians, uh, especially young people as they're growing up, are short-term mission trips. And many of our young people who've grown up in this church, even to this day, uh, talk about how formative their trips to Mexico were. It was an opportunity to step outside of the culture and the world in which they live and step into a totally different world, a foreign land, a foreign tongue, uh, a, a foreign environment to share the gospel, to help missionaries. And it is that experience, it is that experience that shapes them to be missionaries for the rest of their life. And so, you know, I'm, you know I wanted to maybe just bring up a some of the young people who are considering uh, short-term mission trips here in our church. I, th I think of Daniel Nanini, who's, who is going to be raising uh, fundraising for uh, a, a three-month-long stint at the Boardwalk Chapel in New Jersey. Uh, he'll be on staff there. And so, you know, when it comes time to fundraise, open your wallets. Uh, testify to your faithfulness as an act of love, not only for Jesus, but for Daniel, and also for all the people who will hear the gospel through his ministry. Um, uh, another example is how much you love receiving missionaries when they're on furlough. Uh, we, I think of um, Darius Britschka, who was here for six months uh, with his postgraduate fellowship at Biola, and then he started uh, churches and a ministry in Poland, and we continue to support him. He's planting churches, doing translating uh, reformed uh, theological books into Polish, and and so the ripple effect of of our initial support and ongoing support will ripple throughout uh, the 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 Polish, uh, the Poland. 
And uh, we think of uh, my good friend Damon Shaw, who's come uh, and, and preached and taught several times, who is a, a professor of Old Testament at Christ Bible Seminary in Nagoya. I just talked to him a few weeks ago, and he's so thankful for our support. Uh, he, he'll be here um, later on this summer, and we'll see if he's able to take the time because his, 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 his furlough is so short, uh, but he's going to try and make it. Uh, but he is so thankful to all of you uh, for, for supporting him. Uh, and so I just think about all the, the, the future pastors and missionaries that he's training and the seeds that they will sow because we support him. Secondly, let's move on. Secondly, we must also faithfully support our missionaries as we send them in a manner worthy of God. Uh, John goes on to tell us how to send our missionaries off. Look at verse 6. You will do well to send them on their journey. Now look at how, how, how they send them. In a manner worthy of God. In the early church, core groups of apostles and missionaries traveled from place to place, evangelizing and starting churches. And they would have, joined, they would have journeyed together in strategic ways. That's why, for example, if you look at your maps, there's Paul's you know, various missionary journeys from, you know, from Asia Minor through the cities, moving all the way to, to uh, Rome. And then coming back and going to different places, that is just imagine all the other apostles and other missionaries doing similar things. They would go through gateway cities. Uh, Long Beach, for example, is a gateway city. There's, we have one of the largest ports uh, in North America. And so we have people who come here from all over the world because they're on ships. And then, you know, some of them stay. Or some of them move on, but they have to come through Long Beach to go anywhere else uh, in the contiguous uh, 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 48, lower 48 states. And so there are cities like that in the ancient world. Uh, Rome, Ephesus, you know, Corinth were, were all gateway cities. And so I, I think Gaius, the church that Gaius is uh, at, is one of those gateway cities. And so they were tasked with the responsibility that whenever missionaries came through, they would care, care for them by receiving them well and then sending them off with whatever resources they had and whatever resources that those missionaries needed. So what does it mean then for, for them to send in a manner worthy of God? Uh, it could mean in a manner worthy of God's grace, right? That if we have received God's grace through missionaries, then we're kind of paying it forward, if you will, or kind of paying back in something, you know, for lack of a better word, we're trying to do for others what others had done for us by sending missionaries off uh, by God's grace. It can also mean uh, sending them in a manner worthy of God himself, because they are ambassadors and emissaries who represent God, right? So if, if somebody represents God and we are 
receiving them as guests and then we're sending them off. We need to treat them with the dignity of the God they represent. You know, one of the things when I was younger, I visited uh, Korea when I was in college. And my parents, my family made me visit not just my family, my direct family, but they made me visit my dad's closest friends. And uh, I've never eaten so much in so little a time in my entire life. Every, every meal I would see, like I'd go to a small section of Korea, and I would see my dad's friends like for, for breakfast, and then another friend for lunch, and then another friend for dinner. And they, so when they received me, they treated me not just as my father's son, but as if as if they were as if I represented my father. They would just share stories as if I knew exactly what they're talking about. They would, you know, um, take me to restaurants that they knew my dad loved, which of course I love too. But they saw me as a representative of my father and they treated me as if they received him. And the same goes for our missionaries. If they represent God, then we ought to receive them and send them off uh, as if as if God we were welcoming and sending God uh, in Jesus Christ. Um, and and I think that's the way. That's the manner worthy of God. Look at verse seven. For they have gone out for the sake of the name. You see, they're representing the name. Uh, for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. And so if they go in his name, for his name, by his name, representing his name, then what that means is we must send them in a manner worthy of the name that they bear. And what is that name? The name above all names. The name by which every knee should bow in in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And there is salvation no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, Acts 4.12. So what does that look like practically? Right? It means at least two things. Fervently praying for those missionaries as they do the work of evangelism, discipleship, and church planning. It also means giving generously with finances and resources so they can be fully self-supporting, like Paul, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. So we don't have to pay for all of their financial needs, but we have to contribute as much as we are able so that when we, when they get all of their support from all the different churches that are going to support them, they have all that they need, that they can spend all their time doing, going out and doing the work of the gospel and not having to work the way that Paul did. Um, Paul knew, Paul knew that because he was a pioneering missionary, because he knew that he was going to places where there were no, no churches, they had never heard the gospel, that he was uh, laying down new missionary fields, that he had to work as a tent maker to supplement his income and, on top of that, do the work of Christian mission. But um, and so that's, you know, tent-making missionaries. But if they're going to be full-time vocational missionaries, just like there's full-time vocational pastors, everybody pulls their money, sends them so that they can do 
do their missionary work full time. And that's what we do with with the Chas. That's what, um, and up until recently, that's what we did with the Britchkos. And that's what we are still doing with with the Farnix. So, <clears throat> finally, as we fully support our missionaries with acts of faithfulness in a manner worthy of God, then we do so as fellow workers with them in the gospel. Look at verse 8. He tells us what our support means. When we support our missionaries, he tells us what it means. Therefore, we ought to support people like these. Why? That we may be fellow workers for the truth. If you ever wanted a reason for supporting home and foreign missionaries, this is it. Uh, I don't know if maybe the Lord has called you uh, to do if the Lord has ever called you or he's ever planted the thought that you should be a missionary and then you realize that maybe it wasn't for you, uh, you know, and you can say, oh, I, I, I'm not, I can't go, I can't, you know, it's just not, it's not my calling. But here's the thing. You may not be sent, but you can send. You may not be sent, but, but you can send someone else to go to represent you so that as you support them, you are participating, you are co-laboring in the work of missions. And in that way, we can call you a missionary too. You're not, you're not physically going as a missionary, but you're sending as a missionary. And so, you know, in evangelical circles, it's really interesting. You know, there is a big trend uh, maybe the past 20 years where every member is a minister. And, you know, I think there's validity to that. Uh, but at the very least, every member ought to be a missionary, right? Doing the work of God. That's what it means to be a missionary, to do the work of God, either by going or by supporting or sending. And that's what, what John is calling Gaius and, and his church to do. And this is the way God has always shaped the nature of his ministry. Even in the Old Testament, everyone who supported God's priests and prophets participated in their ministry. Uh, for example, the priests had no earthly inheritance other than what God's people sacrificed to God as their first fruits. They had no land, uh, but they were, were given land uh, to to live on, but they had they were they could not own land. Uh, in the New Testament, Paul says that laborers deserve his they deserve their wages, and that the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. And then Jesus said this to his future apostles: Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. Matthew 10, 40 to 41. Do you see, do you see the logic there? That if you receive a missionary and you send a missionary, it's almost as if you are a missionary. Um, that which you do for the least of these, my brothers... You do unto me. Uh, 
And so if you send them, uh, we're, it's almost like we're, we're sending um, emissaries and we are, we are our emissaries uh, participating in that work. And then over and over again, everyone who labored with Paul, whether directly uh, with them going on their missionary journeys or supporting him, he calls them co-laborers. And in, the ancient, in those ancient days, co-laborers were used to describe someone who does the work with you. Right? It's not just some euphemism for, for, your, um, for your benefactors. It was a real term used for people. Though, though they, not, they, they can't go for whatever reason, in the sending and supporting as a missionary, they are co-laborers um, of the gospel. So, brothers and sisters, everything we do in supporting our missionaries with love, sending and supporting them with prayer, with our money, and whatever assistance we can means that we are fellow workers with them. And so we are missionaries too. Christopher Wright says this, Finally, John brings his whole tight argument around full circle with the final phrase, so that we may work together for the truth. It is not that they, the missionaries, are working for the truth while we, the supporters, pay the bills. It is that all of us, the sent and the senders, are working together for the truth. That is the responsibility and the privilege of Christian mission. This means that we all participate in the mission of the church, the spreading of the gospel, uh, the, the, the truth that saves all those who here would repent of their sins and trust in Jesus alone for salvation. This is the truth that sets sinners free. This is the truth that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life by which no one can come to the Father but by him. This is the truth that sets the captives free makes the blind see, the lame walk, and even raises the dead to life. And we have the honor and the privilege to co-labor with God and his missionaries in the preaching of this gospel so that sinners can be saved. One of the reasons why I love the OPC and why I join the OPC, I don't know if you all know this, but uh, the early missionaries to Korea were OPC missionaries. And the revivals that happened and the, the growth, the, the amazing growth of Christianity in Korea was a result of these OPC missionaries. I remember going to a, a PCA General Assembly and they have like whole presbyteries full of Korean, Korean churches. Like they're like separate presbyteries and, and they invited me to a dinner as a representative of the OPC. And pastor after pastor, they all had these, you know, they're all kind of, you know, maybe they're like 60s or 70s. And you could tell that they've been pastoring for a long time, you know, just the wise, wise, godly man. And in Korean, one after another, like, oh, I remember Bruce Hunt. I remember I had took preaching under him or, you know, I took practical theology under him. I loved him. He was great. He, so he was formative in my life. Uh, and, he, and one of them even said, yeah, my, my father was in jail with Bruce Hunt. 
when the Japanese imprisoned him because he refused to worship the emperor under Japanese occupation. And it was the OPC that supported him and the other missionaries to Korea. And I think coming into the OPC was like coming home. That those is the full circle of sending missionaries. That I am a fruit of all the support that the OPC churches sent. And being a fruit, now I'm back. And now the Lord calls us to continue that circle, to, to send missionaries out to, to the ends of the earth so that you would participate in the evangelization of, of sinners in countries as far flung as Ukraine, uh, North Korea, China, uh, Turkey, uh, South America, Africa, um, all the Christians who will be converted under missionaries that we send, we have a part in their evangelizing, evangelization. And so... Um, all that our missionaries do uh, for the glory of Christ, we have a part in all of it. Everything they do, they do with our help. Our tithes, our offerings, our prayers, our support. They all help the gospel go out into the world where Jesus is not known. And so we are fellow workers for the truth with them. We are fellow workers with all missionaries in the world who labor for the sake of Christ's name. And that's what makes Christian missions so amazing. All that we do here at Faith OPC, together with the denomination and with our sister churches, we participate in bringing sinners into the kingdom of God. Uh, and may we continue to do that. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for, for giving us the great privilege to support and to send missionaries so that we might be fellow workers of the truth with them. Lord, we're looking forward to one day in glory seeing all the lives that have been blessed uh, through what we have done in, in supporting with prayer uh, and with our our treasure, and even with our time. We look forward to that day. Help us then to continue in our zeal to support our missionaries, to send them in a manner worthy of the one whom they represent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.